football the football segment of the fantasy fanatics podcast i'll be your host once again james and i'm joined once again by nate what's up man so in today's episode we're going to dive into a full recap of the 2021 nfl draft i know most um, podcasts or tv shows that you might watch about the draft they might uh, go ahead and just grade each individual team But what we're going to do is we're just going to jump through each round and pinpoint some value picks, maybe some picks that were reach uh, picks, and then um, sort of analyze what our own teams did in the draft, just to sort of give uh, a landscape of uh, this year's NFL draft and, and, you know, just sort of talk about uh, whether uh, teams did a good job or not. And then afterwards, we'll just dive into some news around the league. So Nate, let's just get started. In recapping the draft, um, if you uh, didn't uh, hear our round one pick-by-pick analysis, uh, you can go ahead and check out our previous edition of Fanatics Football for that. But today we'll just be taking a quick look at each round. So uh, starting with round one, um, just give us your steal pick, uh, your pick that you thought might have been a bit of a reach, and the pick for your team, the Cleveland Browns. Sure. So uh, for my steel pick, um, I put Christian Derisaw for the Vikings. Um, he was the third highest ranked offensive tackle in the draft. So I think that's a pretty good pick, um, especially if you're like, a, if you have like a late first round pick, that's a pretty good um, player to pick. So I guess for reach, I put um, Eric Stokes. I think the Packers picked him, but I feel like um something on like the offensive line would have been a higher priority so that they could protect um, Aaron Rodgers at least. I know like during the Super Bowl, um, the Bucks had in- intense pressure on the Packers and it was hard for Aaron Rodgers to do anything. It was a really hard fought. I think it was like a one score game, but still it was like tons of pressure. So I feel like uh, offensive tackle or something would have been a better pick um if they really liked eric stokes they could have picked him in a later round and if they really wanted defense they could have gone with owusu he was like the best available player arguably and they didn't go with him so i mean i'm happy about it but yeah and i guess for the the browns pick they got i guess uh greg newsom I think that's a pretty good pick um, wide receiver because it kind of gives the Browns a bit more um, depth in terms of uh, passing. Uh, I think last season um, there were a couple of um, injuries. Greedy Williams, he had the shoulder injury. Um, Odell was out for the season. So uh, a lot of people were able to step up and the Browns were able to make the playoffs, which I'm pretty happy about, but uh, you don't want to have to um, always have to rely on like the other guy stepping up. You want to have some more depth as well, just in case. So I guess uh, Greg Newsom is a good pick for that. Yeah, for sure. And just sort of jumping back to that Green Bay pick of Eric Stokes. Um, yeah, it was quite a bit of a reach. Um, if they had wanted to take a corner, 
Um, I think Asante Samuel would have been the better pick. He didn't go until the second round. And yeah, I think Eric Stokes was definitely more of a second to third round player. Um, he went a little early and I think that was kind of a reach. I know that Green Bay, like you said, they could have addressed the offensive line. They also could have drafted a wide receiver if they are, are planning on um, getting Aaron Rodgers to stay. So yeah, it's just very uh, tough to really uh, judge sometimes, but uh, I think it's possible that the Packers reached um, just because they were burned at corner so much in the AFC champion or the NFC championship. I feel like that they panic picked there when they could have settled with a bit better of a pick. Yeah, but like at the same time, it's Tom Brady. So like, how are you supposed to stop that? Well, I mean, it's the receivers too, like Scotty Miller, fantastic, Mike Evans, like some of the plays that those players made in the NFC Championship were just really solid. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I feel like they panic picked. They could have taken the best player available and still come out of the draft with other corners in later rounds. Yeah, and I feel like like the those bucks teams they burn like every single team they face so it's not like oh we need a, co- a corner because we clearly have a weakness you don't necessarily have a weakness the bucks are just that good yeah for sure and um just um recapping my thoughts on round one um a steal that i thought about was uh rayshon slater offensive tackle that the chargers got at 13. i felt like that slater was a lock as a top 10 pick and they were able to get him at number 13 without having to trade up. So that's fantastic. Um, he's just going to be so solid for them, protecting Justin Herbert. Um, they picked the right position and they picked the right player. And there's nothing much more to say about that. The Chargers got a steal in my eyes. He could even be better than Penny Sewell and turn out to be the best tackle uh, in this draft. So definitely something to look out for. Um, for reach, I have Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle for the Raiders. Um, he was a second to third round player, um, and he shouldn't have been taken that early. I I know I'm going to talk about the Raiders in the second round. I feel like that their second round pick should have been their pick in the first round and their first round pick should have been their pick in the second round. So it kind of evened out, but yeah, Leatherwood, um, I know that he did play for Alabama. So that's a big school, um, yeah, he, he. I think they took him just because they wanted someone big-bodied. I know that that's sort of like the Raiders drafting philosophy, so I understand that, but I still think they would have gotten him in the second round. I don't think anyone else would have reached. So that was sort of the pick I thought was a reach. And then um, for the New England Patriots, my team, um, at pick number 15, Mac Jones. Uh, I know he's one of the more controversial names on the board. Um I mean, people thought he was going at number three and he dropped to the Patriots at 15. They didn't need to trade up. So I think that in itself is a bonus. Whether he turns out or not will just depend on the coaching staff and the the players they put around him. But I think that he's dropped. he's been dropped into one of the best situations that he could possibly be. Um, they say that he has a similar pocket passing style to Tom Brady. So Josh McDaniels has worked with that style before. So I think that Mac Jones is set up for success. Now it's going to be his time to sort of uh, work hard and play hard and to just keep getting better every time he steps on the field so um yeah i think that some people might not like this mac jones pick but i think it, it should be okay in the long run yeah i kind of um agree with the mac jones pick because like if if you get someone who's like potentially like the third pick and he falls to you like why not why not take him at that point yeah i mean like uh, quarterbacks as they're falling, um, you're just getting more value. 
um, with your pick. So yeah, never, um, never trade up to get a quarterback unless you're in the first round. But if you get to the sort of like the middle of the first round and there's a quarterback falling and you feel like you can address the need, like the Patriots thought that they needed to, that's definitely something that they did. And I think it was a good idea. Um, and then just sort of moving to round two, um, who are some of the players that you want to analyze for round two? Um, for Steele, I thought um, Aziz Ojolari was pretty good. I think the Giants picked him up. Um, he was the best available um, edge rusher in round two, and I think he was the fourth-ranked edge rusher of the entire draft. So um, I think that's a pretty good uh, pick by the Giants. And for uh, Reach, I put uh, Pat Fryermuth. Um, the Steelers picked him up, but I feel like Again, they need um, to improve their O-line a little bit so they can kind of protect uh, Ben Roethlisberger a little bit. Um, I remember during the playoffs against the Browns, um, the Browns were able to turn up to the Jets. Um, the They they put a lot of um, pressure on uh, Ben, and especially when you have uh, Miles Garrett on your D-line, you need somebody who can kind of stop that um one-on-one it's going to be extremely difficult to do but if they can at least get like a couple of guys who can kind of um maybe like stall stall for time a little bit give ben like an extra second and like even the ravens they have a really good d-line too this year so i feel like o-line would have been like the highest priority instead of um tight end and i guess for um the browns pick they got Owusu. Um, there's not really too much to say about it. I think it was the uh, best uh, pick of the draft, arguably, considering he could have been in the first round, early in the first round, and he fell all the way to the second rounds. And the Browns traded up a little bit to get him, but like, why would why would you not trade up f- for him? He's extremely versatile, and he's a really talented player overall. So I really like um, Owusu. Yeah, I feel like the Browns got two first-round level defensive players uh, with their first two picks, and I think that's very solid. They get Newsom and JOK. So, um, yeah, that was fantastic by Cleveland. And then just sort of touching on the Pittsburgh draft pick, they didn't need to draft a tight end. Um, Eric Ebron's still there. Um, Plus, um, I know drafting a Freermuth, he's more of a a pass-catching tight end. And, I mean, you just drafted Najee Harris in in round one, and you're you're trying to sort of, uh, you know, set up an offense so that he's able to rush. And, I mean, you're drafting a guy that pretty much has the same role as Eric Ebron. He's not a run-blocking tight end, so it didn't really make sense to me. Um, And then just uh, the, the sort of thing where it's like, if he's not ready this year, and you draft him to catch passes. Maybe Roethlisberger will be retired by next year, and then you bring him in. Who's he going to catch passes from? You get what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that, yeah, they just really weren't thinking when they were making that draft pick. Um, they, I, I don't know. Yeah, they, like you said, they should have taken offensive line. I mean, you draft a running back in the first round, you got to give him a line. It's plain and simple. I mean, they do call him a big Ben, but, like, you can only take so many hits, especially at that age. And especially considering how good he still is, he still has a really good arm. He's a smart player. He's been around the league for a long time and he has a really good leadership capability. So like 
especially like what the Saints did for Drew Brees. They made sure that they protected him and he had a really long, successful career. And you want that for uh, Ben Roethlisberger as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then in round two for my steal, I was talking about the Raiders reaching in the first round. They definitely got a steal in the second round. Trayvon Morig, uh, the safety from TCU, they took at the 43rd overall pick. Like I said, I feel like their pick should have been switched. They should have taken Morig in the first round and taken Leatherwood in the second round, but I guess it evens out. So um, I, I guess it did end up working out for the Raiders. They got two solid players. Um, yeah, Morig, I, I believe he's the best safety in the draft. And um, yeah, I think he'll play well on a Raiders defense that's just been, I mean, they've been giving up lots of passing yards uh, year by year, yards of all types. And I mean, hopefully Morig will just slide in there and sort of just um, just sort of give them what they need uh, on defense. And then um, looking at a reach, um, the reach I'm going to say was 2-2 Atwell. Um, to the uh, LA Rams at the 57th overall pick in the second round. Um, I just didn't understand this pick. Um, I know he's a smaller receiver. I believe he's had some injury issues. Um, And yeah, there's just uh, too many questions about him. Plus, the Rams have so many good receivers. They have guys like Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. They signed Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you have uh, Van Jefferson. I mean, they really didn't need to draft Atwell. It with their, well, this this was their first pick of the draft essentially because they traded out of the first round in the Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, and yeah, like I felt like there's so many other needs the Rams could have addressed, especially potentially on uh, defense or on offensive line. I mean, with players um, that are going to be on expiring contracts, you might need to cut some players with too much salary and so on. I felt like maybe they could have addressed another area. I didn't understand this pick. Um, And definitely some of the receivers that went after Atwell, um, especially a guy like Terrace Marshall Jr. from LSU, that guy definitely should have gone over Atwell, in my opinion. He's a more complete receiver. Um, Yeah, there, there was just some some question marks there with this pick. So I feel like it's a reach. And then I'm looking at new England's pick in the second round, uh, Christian Barmore uh, from the, from Alabama defensive tackle. I feel like this was a great pick. Um, Some people even call it a steal. Yeah, sure. We'll call it that. I mean, this guy, he can pretty much do everything on defense. Um, He's pretty much like, a bull out there is what they're calling him. Like he's just so solid. He's so strong. Um, he can get through almost every blocker. Um, they said that he just needs to work on bringing down quarterbacks. But other than that, I mean, they said he's going to develop into a solid defensive tackle. And I mean, Hey, um, I know new England did have their issues uh, on the defensive line, whether it was generating pressure or stopping the run. So definitely a uh, Christian Barmore can sort of uh, help out with that. And um, yeah, that's just sort of what I have uh, for round two. Yeah, I actually um, liked uh, Christian Barmore as well. Um, I think like if the Browns weren't able to get Owusu, then uh, Barmore would have been the best option for them because especially with Sheldon Richardson leaving, you need someone to replace that. So I feel like for the uh, Patriots, Barmore is going to have like Sheldon Richardson um, type of impact. So I also like uh, Barmore. Yeah, uh, I feel like both the Browns and the Patriots got solid 
second round picks and just sort of moving to the third round. Uh, who do you have here? Uh, some of your players in the third round. First steal. Um, I was wondering if I should uh, say that Ifiatu uh, Melifonwu was a good pick. And I feel like in terms of um, draft grade, it, it was, um, he was the best available um, corner cornerback uh, in round three, but at the same time, I, Detroit was drafting a lot of um, defense. They weren't really addressing their offense enough. So um, I feel like that's kind of um, a hole that they uh, need to address, address especially, I guess, before they uh, get a new uh, quarterback. They, they need to be able to build up the entire offense so that the quarterback has something to work with. Mm-hmm. I know like uh, during the Matthew Stafford era, he was really good, but he just didn't have enough help to kind of uh, take Detroit to the next level. So um, he, I was thinking about if that's a steal, but considering that Detroit doesn't have enough offense, I decided to go with um, Tommy Tremble instead for the Carolina Panthers. I think he was the best available tight end in round three. He has a similar draft grade to uh, Melifongu as well. And it kind of gives the Panthers some offense. I think Sam Darnold is getting straight. He did get traded to the Panthers as well. So I think that's a good pick considering that. And for reach, I put um, Kellen Mond. The Vikings picked him up, but um, I guess like in terms of his draft grade, like especially for like around three quarterback, to me, that's like not, the best idea, especially considering uh, Kirk Cousins is still a decent starter, in my opinion, and the offense uh, runs through Dalvin Cook anyways. So maybe they they feel like um, Kellen uh, Mont kind of fits in with the system, and like maybe in the future, if they have to part ways with Kirk Cousins, maybe um, Kellen Mont will get the start. But at the same time, if you want a quarterback in the future just wait till like a future season where you can get a quarterback like maybe in the first round you can uh build your talent a little bit more first and then trade up get a better quarterback maybe and then for the uh, i guess the browns pick they picked anthony schwartz which i thought was uh okay um he's a pretty good player but I think Kay Johnson was still available and they didn't pick him. And Johnson was a top 10 wide receiver in the the draft with, uh, I think his grade was 6.26. So I think Anthony Schwartz was good, but they could have um, gone with someone who was higher ranked. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know you were talking about uh, some of the steals. And yeah, um, I, I think Carolina definitely uh, needs a tight end. I know, um, like you said, Sam Darnold coming in there, just sort of developing the offense. I think it was a it was a good pick for them. And then I know you mentioned Cleveland. Um, yeah, that that was sort of one of the more questionable picks that they made. Uh, they definitely could have gone um, in a different direction there. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, if Schwartz does develop, he should be pretty good at the NFL level. And I guess it's always good to have, I guess, just backups at different positions. So, Yeah, for sure. I, that's kind of what I was thinking. But then at the same time, it's like you could have had Kate Johnson as a backup as well. And he yeah, could have been no, a starter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Um, but yeah, I think the Browns have been doing well so far. Um, and then in, in round three for myself, uh, first steal, I have uh, Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle from Michigan. He went to the Atlanta Falcons at 68th overall. This guy was uh, should have been a second round pick, dropped all the way to the third round. This guy was a top 50 prospect in terms of grade. Um, the Falcons just got a steal. I mean, the Falcons their first three picks were solid um they 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 had a very excellent draft in the first three rounds so um yeah just a steal there for Jalen Mayfield and then for a reach um I had to go with Davis Mills quarterback from Stanford Houston took him with their first pick at 67th overall I mean Houston they have so many other areas to address and they draft a quarterback I mean you already have Tyrod Taylor in case Deshaun Watson doesn't play so I felt like like this team almost has no defense. There's so many defensive positions you could have taken a look at there. I mean, even if you finish bottom five in the league next year, you can draft a quarterback in the first round. There's always going to be high-end quarterbacks coming into the league. There was There's no reason for them to be taking a quarterback here, especially with their first pick in the third round. They didn't pick until the third round. So, yeah, that was a reach that never should have happened, in my opinion. And then just looking at the Patriots picks, uh, they only had one pick here in the third round. Um, and they went with Ronnie Perkins, edge rusher at 96th overall. I felt like that this was a big steal. Um, I felt like that he should have gone late uh, in the second round or early third round. This guy, uh, he's he's pretty much a top 50 prospect in my eyes. And they got him at 96th overall. So definitely a big steal. I don't know how he dropped um he's just a solid edge rusher um he pretty much he's got a lot of power in him and uh yeah he just he just breaks through the offensive line and I feel like the Patriots addressed their defensive line issues really heavily at the beginning of this draft so uh props to them on a really good draft so far and um yeah I I, I really like Ronnie Perkins yeah I feel like there were a lot of um edge rushers I think that they kind of got overlooked a little bit. Ronnie Perkins was uh, one of those edge rushers. I think Chris Rumpf, the second, he wasn't even picked until the fourth round. Charles Snowden went undrafted. So there were like a lot of edge rushers that people could have picked up. And I don't know, for some reason, they, they just fell really far through the draft. Yeah, for sure. Um, and just moving on in the draft at round four, uh, who do you have here for your picks? I think for steel, I put, um, LA, the LA Rams picked, um, Bobby Brown, the third, um, I kind of liked it because the Rams, they have a decent offense already. Um, they, they brought on Matthew Stafford. So they, in terms of offense, um, they already have the talent around Stafford and they brought in Stafford. So uh, they should uh, be good on that end. So I think a defensive tackle kind of gives the Rams more pressure and kind of takes the load off of the offense. They don't have to play at a, such a high pace. They can, uh, I guess, uh, stop the drive of the other team more reliably with someone like Bobby Brown. So I kind of like that pick. And for reach, I put um, Dan Moore Jr. and Buddy Johnson because the Steelers had two picks. Um, offensive tackle is a good position that the Steelers should have picked 
in an earlier round, but they decided to pick um, this round. But even for this round, they didn't pick the best available um, offensive tackle. Jalen Moore was still available. Stone, Stone Forsyth was available until the sixth round, and he was one of the best available offensive tackles. So they could have gotten two really good offensive tackles in one round, and they went with, I guess, Buddy Johnson, who's pretty decent, but that's not really a priority for them, in my opinion. And again, Dan Moore is also pretty good, but um, I don't think he's... Uh, as good as Stone Forsyth or Jalen Moore, and I guess the for the Browns they picked they also had two picks. Um, they picked James Hudson the third and Tommy Togiai. Um, again, I think they're those are good positions to pick from, and I think they're pretty good players. But there were other players that were higher ranked in the draft. For example, offensive tackle. Um, then James James Hudson this the third, and I guess for defensive tackle there were players who were ranked higher than Togiai like uh, Davion Nixon or Jalen uh, Twyman, so they could have also gone with uh, I guess a guard, but I guess offensive tackle might be higher priority for the Browns since. Um, I guess Baker Mayfield likes to step a little bit farther back than um, most, most quarterbacks, so he has more uh, room to see. So having more people, I guess, on the edge might be more important for them. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, just um, looking at uh, some of the picks you were talking about with Bobby Brown, um, it was one of the Rams' better picks because I know they had a, a hole there in their defensive line. Um, at the defensive tackle position beside Aaron Donald, there was a hole they needed to fill, and they definitely did that. So I, I do agree with you that that was a solid pick. And then, yeah, um, like you said, Pittsburgh, there were some better value players that they could have taken. And, um, yeah, Pittsburgh kind of had a rough draft, in my opinion, uh, aside from Najee Harris in the first round. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And then just looking at some of the guys that I have for round four, first steal, I put Jabril Cox. Um, he definitely should have gone much earlier, either second or third round, but he fell to the Cowboys at 115, I guess just due to some injury concerns. But this guy, I mean, he has the ability to be a strong uh, linebacker for this team. Um, he's just very versatile in the way that he plays. And there's no reason he should have been taken uh, in the fourth round. So I think that was a big steal for Dallas. They got two solid players. Uh, they're both linebackers, actually, in Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox. I guess to sort of fill in for uh, the retirement of Sean Lee. And then if Leighton Van Der Esch leaves after this coming season, um, definitely you have two guys that can just slide right in there and just play really well for them. And then uh, just looking at uh, the reach, um, I have Jacob Harris tight end at 141 for the Rams. Um, I actually, no, I believe he's a, it says here he's a wide receiver. Um, I'm not sure why I put tight end. Uh, let me just double check here if he's a tight end or a wide receiver here because I'm getting two different uh, things here. But either way, 
Um, if he's a wide receiver, we already talked about them reaching for Tutu Atwell when they didn't need wide receiver. And if he's a tight end, I mean, they already have Tyler Higby. They already have, uh, you know, guys in there. Um, I just feel like that um, they used two picks on two offensive positions that they really didn't need. Um, I know you talked about them taking Bobby Brown. That was their best pick so far. And these other two picks just really didn't impress me. Um and then just looking at the Patriots in round four, they took uh, Ramondre Stevenson running back at 120. I, I really don't feel like this was a good pick for them. Um, I feel like that he's just going to fall behind in the depth chart uh, to guys like Damian Harris and Sony Michelle, along with any other pass catching running backs that they have. I feel like that this was a little bit of a reach um, in, ter in terms of both the player and the position. Um, so yeah, I, f I felt like the Patriots could have made a better selection there, but I can't fault them because their first three picks were really solid. For sure. And I guess for my round five, um, for my steal, I picked, um, Jalen Moore. I think the 49ers, uh, drafted him. He's the second best available offensive uh, tackle in round five and, the 49ers, I think in terms of uh, their overall team, I think they're pretty complete. They did have a lot of um, injuries, so it affected their uh, playoff chances. But I think um, an offensive tackle is probably, the, I guess, the best uh, bang for buck option. Kind of give uh, Jimmy Garoppolo more time to throw. So that's always a good thing to have. Um, for reach, I put Evan McPherson. The Bengals picked him, and... The, I feel like the highest priority for the Bengals was uh, something on the line, like offensive tackle, maybe a guard or something. They didn't need to, to take a kicker in the draft, in my opinion. Even I think the, the kicker that they, are, they had previously left, but even with that, they could have taken a kicker undrafted. I think um, all the kickers, I don't think any of them got drafted except for McPherson. So there wasn't really a need to draft him especially not in the fifth round yeah not in the fifth yeah and for example like jose borregales would have still been available even if they took mcpherson so there was like no reason to take him yeah. so and i guess the browns uh they picked um richard lecount i think it's a, a decent pick the browns did need a safety it gives their defense even more depth um, I guess every position would have um, someone who can uh, play to a fairly high level, but they could have gotten Christian Uphoff as well, who was higher rated and he went undrafted. So I think that's another player that the Browns could have taken a, a, a look at if they wanted to as well. Yeah, I think the Browns actually had two picks there. I know at 153, they took a Tony Fields the second, and I felt like that was a good pick because uh, they just need extra depth at linebacker. So, um, yeah, they had two picks there. I felt like, yeah, like you said, the first, uh, the, the second one was like okay uh, in terms of drafting a safety. But yeah, I like the first one in drafting a linebacker. That was definitely a wise choice for Cleveland. Yeah, for sure. Because like now they have uh, two really good uh, linebackers. And I think pr almost every position that they have is pretty decent now. 
Yeah, for sure. And just looking at some of my round five players, uh, for Steele, I had Kenneth Gainwell running back at 150 for the Eagles. I feel like that he sort of just fell uh, to them. And um, I mean, as a running back, he's just very versatile. I feel like that uh, with um, their new coach coming in, that they might sort of sh- uh, shift their focus to, I, I guess, um, you know, playing um, a-, a good run game. And uh, I know Miles Sanders doesn't really have anyone behind him on the depth chart that's notable. So I think getting Kenneth Gainwell in there was a solid pick for the Eagles. I really liked them drafting him. I think he's going to be a solid player at the pro level. And then um, for the reach, I have uh, Brevin Jordan tight end for the Texans. And in my mind, the Texans just did not have a good draft here. Um, He was drafted at 147. Um, There's so many other positions they could have addressed here. Um, Like we mentioned, Houston's defense is just full of holes. Um, I mean, with these first few picks, they didn't even touch defense from what I saw. Uh, I mean, let me just double check to round four. But I mean, Houston, they just really, um, yeah, everything was just so questionable in my mind. Uh, I don't even think they had a fourth round pick uh, unless, um, uh, unless I missed it. But yeah, Houston just really, I guess, just struggled to to draft according to their needs. Yeah, they didn't even have a fourth round pick. So their first two picks, they picked on offense in two positions that they really, they're, they're not big positions for them. Uh, they definitely should have taken defense. So that's why I feel like that this pick of Brevin Jordan, even though he potentially might be a good player, was just not the pick for them. Um, he just, yeah, he, he should have also gone a little bit later in the draft, in my opinion. And then just moving on to the Patriots um, in round five at 177, um, they took um, uh, Cameron McGrone, a uh, linebacker from Michigan. Um, I mean, I felt like that this was a decent pick. Um, I know in terms of linebacker, they've um, they've had a lot of injuries. They've had guys opt out before. They have a lot of young guys there. Just getting another body in there is just going to be really solid for this Patriots team. Um, I know um, McGrone um, had some concerns because of injuries and other things, but I feel like that I guess just getting a lot of bodies in there on the defense, especially in terms of run stoppers, I think is going to be really good for this Patriots team. Yeah, for sure. And I guess for my round six, um, I guess for my steal, I put uh, Trey Smith. Um, I think the Chiefs picked him up and he was the highest available guard. And I think this is a very needed position for Kansas City because uh, Mahomes uh, needs, uh, I think, a lot of protection, especially considering he's arguably the best quarterback in the league, one of them anyways. And I guess the Chiefs need to do everything they can to kind of protect him. A lot of teams are going to be pressuring him as much as they can this year. So uh, I guess the more protection they can get, the better. And Trey Smith is going to improve the offensive line a lot. So I kind of um, like Trey Smith. For reach, um, I guess the Bengals had two picks, and I think they're both reaches, Trey Hill and Chris Evans. Um, they did draft an offensive a line, which is, I think, the Bengals' um, highest priority. I think that's their biggest need in the draft. But uh, Trey Hill wasn't the best available um, O-liner. And 
the Bengals already have Joe Mixon, so I don't think they should have uh, drafted Chris Evans. They could have gotten two um, really good offensive liners in round six. They could have gotten Trey Smith. They could have gotten Deontay Brown. They could have gotten uh, Stone Forsyth, but they didn't. So I guess this was kind of not really the best pick by the Bengals. And for the Browns, they picked up uh, Demetric Felton. Um, It's an okay pick, but I don't think running back is going to be a priority this year. So I'm guessing maybe they're thinking to the future. Um, they don't feel confident that they'll be able to keep both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So one of them might be leaving in the future. So maybe uh, Demetric Felton is for that, but they could have also gotten maybe an additional linebacker. Maybe they could have gotten an additional cornerback or something, but I guess it's an okay pick overall. Yeah. I know that he can play wide receiver as well, which is why, um, him and Schwartz like yeah like you said maybe they could have taken a different position that would have been okay for Cleveland and then for the Bengals I understand with what you were saying about Trey Hill um I, he I feel like they reach for him too much too um their running back pick Chris Evans I mean he was okay I feel like if they could have picked running back he might have been the best option for them I know they have both uh, Mixon and I think P Ryan is behind him so um, he will have his work cut out for him in terms of getting snaps. But, I mean, I'm, I don't really hate the Bengals for that pick, but I definitely think the first one, uh, them drafting the center, that was a bit of a, a reach. Um, I felt like that there were a lot of other better players um, on the on the draft board. Um, and then just sort of looking at what I have for round six, uh, in terms of a steal, I have Deontay Brown um, at 193 for the Panthers. Um, I felt like this was a really solid pick. He's a guard from Alabama. I mean, they, they're, they're really like, they need to protect uh, Sam Darnold in there. Um, he's coming into this new system. He needs to be protected. Um, he, I mean, this guy, he's a, he's a big dude. Um, he can just um, protect your quarterback. So I, I felt like that uh, Deontay Brown could have gone much earlier, like maybe even in the fourth round. So I feel like that this was a really good steal uh, for the Carolina Panthers. And then um, just looking at a reach here, um, going down to pick 218, um, I have um, Sam Ellinger, uh, quarterback from Texas, going to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I felt like they didn't need to take a quarterback. I mean, they have Carson Wentz, and then they also have another backup in there that they drafted last year. So, I mean, drafting a quarterback two years in a row just really didn't make sense to me. I felt like that, you know, um, this was almost just a throwaway pick in my mind that they could have just used on something else um, just to improve their team, maybe taking a shot on a wide receiver. Like Seth Williams went the next pick. Maybe they could have taken a shot on him or something. Um, Daz Newsom was also a very solid pick from the Bears. Um, yeah, I actually think Daz Newsom should have been the player that the Colts should have taken there. Um, so yeah, I felt like that that was a bit of a reach for Ellinger, the quarterback. And then for the Patriots, uh, they took Josh Bledsoe, the safety at, uh, 188. And I mean, I can't fault them for that. Uh, Patrick Chung did retire, uh, this year. Um, and I mean, he can, um, uh, he's got a lot of versatility. He can play up 
at front or uh, back um, in the field uh, at safety. So, yeah, he seems pretty versatile. So I, I'm not going to fault the Patriots on that pick. And, um, yeah, um, that's pretty much what I have for round six. Yeah, I feel like the Colts, they could have um, drafted Cade Johnson as well because he was still available, I think, in round six, and they didn't oh, okay. take him for some reason. But, yeah, there were a lot of wide receivers they could have um, picked up, and they just didn't, and I'm not sure why. Yeah, I mean, in round seven with the first pick, the Colts took Mike uh, Strachan, a wide receiver. I still felt like they could have taken – there were a lot of better receivers there in round six, like we mentioned um, instead of waiting till round seven to get a guy that's sort of like questionable, like I said, Daz Newsome was the the guy there. I felt like that Chicago got a really good steal there um, at wide receiver. So um, he's the guy that should have gone to the Colts. Um, but I guess we'll just have to see. Um, I don't think that um, the. I, I mean, uh, just looking at their picks, I don't think Mike uh, Strachan. Uh, he's not. He's a seventh round pick. I mean. He also comes from a small school too, came from Charleston. So, I mean, he hasn't really had a lot of um, reps on the big stage type thing. So I have a lot of question marks about him. But anyways, I'll let you get to your round seven uh, picks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think for the steal, I think the Bengals had a good pick um, for round seven. They picked up uh, Wyatt Hubert. Um, I think in terms of, of value, um, he's a really valuable player for a round seven pick. He's not the best defensive end, but he is a top 10 defensive end. So uh, being able to get a defensive end that falls all the way down to round seven is, I think, a pretty uh, good pick. And I guess for reach, um, the Steelers picked up uh, Presley Harvin III, who's a punter. Um, it's kind of the same as like drafting a kicker. You don't really need to draft a kicker. You can always just get one that's undrafted. I th it's kind of similar to um, McPherson. All the other rookie punters, I think they most of them also went undrafted. So there wasn't really a reason to uh, pick up uh, Presley Harvin. And this is like their last pick of the draft too. And they could have, I guess, gotten something that was like higher priority or something that was, um, I guess, better in terms of availability instead of, instead of like a punter. And for the Browns, they didn't really have a pick in the seventh round. Yeah, I did forget to mention that the Patriots had two sixth-round picks. They also took Will Sherman, offensive tackle at 197. And yeah, um, that was their better pick of the... Uh, of the sixth round. Um, he was a good value and um, he can play uh, both inside. Um, uh, well, he can, he can play inside and outside at both right and left tackle. So it's going to be really solid for the Patriots, but yeah, just looking at some of the guys you were talking about, I know you were talking about taking the punter. I actually saw clips of him. He's a 260 pound punter and he has a big leg on him. So, I mean, I am happy that he did get drafted by an NFL team considering his weight, but yeah, like you said, um, there was no reason for him to be drafted. He could have just been signed. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like I said before, like in generally, like if you can take a kicker or a punter on like undrafted and just sign them, try to do that. I know Presley Harvin, 
he's a really big guy. He might actually be versatile enough to play other positions. So maybe that's why they picked him up. Like he's a, he's a kicker who can like do other things as well. But I feel like they could have gone with someone else at the same time. Yeah, for sure. I definitely can see what you're talking about uh, there. And then um, just looking at my round seven steal uh, here, um, I have Patrick Johnson, uh, edge rusher, going to the Philadelphia Eagles at 234. Um, I mean, the Eagles, they might as well bolster what they do best, and that's pass rush. They've always been a solid run defense. Uh, I could never fault the Eagles for that. Um, And he seems like a very excellent player. Um, He had a great pro day. He had a productive college career as well. So I think Patrick Johnson is going to be really solid for the Eagles. Good pick there. And um, for the reach, I have uh, Kerry Vincent Jr., the cornerback, at 237 for the Broncos. And, I mean, you just took Patrick Sertain in the first round with your first-round pick. He's a corner. And then you signed corners in free agency. Um, You have at least two or three good corners on your roster before you draft certain. So that's like at least three or four. And then now you add Vincent in, in a round seven where you could have just added to another position of need. Um, you just pretty much um, added a guy that's probably not going to play for this team. You're just going to be a practice squad type guy. Um, yeah. I just really didn't understand this pick. It was just very questionable to me. And then just looking at the Patriots um, seventh round pick at 242, they took Trey Nixon wide receiver from UCF. Um, they didn't address wide receiver in the rest of the draft. Um, so definitely adding Nixon was just sort of the cherry on top of this draft. Uh, who knows whether he's going to be in the lineup or not. But I mean, if you sprinkle on the positions that you need, eventually one of them is going to hit and it's going to be a solid player for you. So I feel like Trey Nixon was a pretty decent pick um, for the Patriots. But I, I just want to ask you, do you have any last thoughts about uh, any of the teams, any of the players, any of the rounds um, as we sort of wrap up this draft recap? I guess like as a general thing, I feel like um, I guess Houston and Detroit, they did like the opposite thing. Like Detroit needs to address their offense. They went all defense. Houston needs to address their defense. They went all offense. So maybe they can trade their picks. Well, I feel like that with Detroit, I'm not faulting them too much because I know their coach is trying to draft according to the players that he feels like will fit his philosophy. So I'm not really kicking Detroit as much. Like Penny Suell was a great pick. He's offensive tackle. So, I mean, there's at least one on offense there. Um, and then, yeah, Houston had no excuse. They, I, they barely had any picks in the draft and they just really, they, they just bombed it this year, in my opinion. Yeah, their needs were, I, I think four out of their five needs were on the defense. And I mean, they only had like, what, five picks in the draft and they took like three of them on offense. It just didn't make sense. Their first three picks all went on offense. They needed corner, they needed safety and they didn't draft any. So I I don't understand what Houston was doing. I know Pittsburgh, in my opinion, also had a very rough draft. We brought them up a lot uh, in terms of players that they drafted. Um, yeah, Najee Harris was pretty much, well, I mean, there were a couple other guys here. Like, I mean, Buddy Johnson was a bit of a reach, but he was okay. Um, yeah, I guess aside from uh, Najee Harris, this was also a pretty rough draft for the Steelers as well. 
Um, I guess some teams that had good drafts. I know we didn't talk a lot about the Chicago Bears, but man, did I like their draft. I mean, they traded up to get Justin Fields at quarterback. Um, I mean, Tevin Jenkins, big steal there in the second. Um, we talked about Daz Newsome, big steal in the sixth. Um, Khalil Herbert, I mean, they they definitely need a, a third string running back because Tariq Cohen did get hurt last year and they didn't have a solid guy to fill in. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like the Bears had a great draft. Yeah, I think, like, they improved their entire team, like, basically overnight. So they might be, like, one of those, like, sleeper teams in their division. I mean, they had no third and fourth round picks. But, I mean, they got third and fourth round level players uh, with their five and six picks. So I'm not even knocking Chicago at this point. They did well across the whole draft. Yeah, I think like they did they made the best out of like the situation that they have in had in the draft. They didn't have enough early round picks. So imagine if they had picks in the earlier rounds, they could have had even more steals. Yeah, and I guess just looking at some other teams like Baltimore, I feel like they had a great draft as well. Rashad Bateman and uh, Tylen Wallace, they addressed to their wide receivers. Um, they added an edge rusher, uh, a, a couple corners maybe they didn't need to add, but I, I think Brandon Stevens uh, should be a solid pick. Um, uh, he sort of plays in the that slot corner type role. So, I mean, even though they have both Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, they can still have another corner that can kick inside. So I think that was a pretty decent pick. So, yeah, I think Baltimore overall had a good draft as well. Yeah, I feel like uh, you can make an argument for Baltimore being the top of um, the division. Yeah, but I mean, your Cleveland Browns are going to have something to say about that for sure. Yeah, we're going to try to be first this year if we can. I mean, Cleveland, they looked really solid with their draft as well. Two solid early round picks, and then they sprinkled in different areas the rest of the draft. I mean, I say both the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots had similar drafts in terms of capitalizing on their needs and then just sort of sprinkling on different positions later in the draft. Yeah, and I think like a lot of players that I guess other teams, they just kind of slept on them a little bit. They just happened to fall all the way down to the Browns, fall all the way down to the Patriots. Like other teams could have picked up Christian Barmore. The Steelers could have really used um, Christian Barmore, I guess, for extra pressure the the browns could have uh used christian barmore but they fell to the patriots but the browns did pick up um owusu i'm actually still surprised that it actually happened i didn't think it was uh going to actually fall all the way we joked about it too (laughs) we're like oh what if cleveland gets jok in the second round and then they did so i was really surprised about that too yeah, I, I'm still not sure why. I guess people decided to uh, pass on JOK. It's kind of weird. It must have uh, been about his size because I know they say that he's an undersized linebacker. But I mean, if the guy's making the tackles, the guy's making the tackles. It doesn't matter how big he is. And he's like versatile enough that people are thinking like, oh, what if um, he plays? I think strong safety for a little bit. Like yeah. he can do a lot of things on the field, even even if he's not like a linebacker right away. And he can always um, build up size. He's still like a young player. Yeah, and just looking at another team that I feel like drafted really well is the New York Jets. Of course, getting Zach Wilson with their first pick. Then in the first round drafting again, 
they take Elijah Vera Tucker, a guard. Then in round two, taking Elijah Moore, wide receiver. Then in round four, picking up Michael Carter, the running back. They felt the need to address their offense. So three offense, sorry, four offensive players in the first four rounds. And they picked solid players as well. Yeah, I don't think the Jets are going to be the laughing stock of the NFL anymore. I think they have a team that they can really be proud of. Yeah, I just hope that um, Zach Wilson does develop but better than Sam Darnold did when he was in uh, New York. Yeah, I guess at this point it comes down to, I guess, uh, who do they have for coaching? So hopefully offense, defense coordinators, and the individual coaches for each uh, position will, I guess, bring out the best of the players that they drafted. Yeah, for sure. And I think we touched on most of the teams. I know there's a few teams we didn't touch on, but we did touch on most teams uh, in the first round um, recap that we did. Uh, I think one team that didn't have a first round pick that we didn't address uh, was the Seattle Seahawks. They didn't have very many picks in the draft. Yeah, they only had three picks. Uh, Dwayne Estridge at wide receiver in round two. Uh, Trey Brown at cornerback in round four. And Stone Forsythe at offensive tackle in round six. Um, Eskridge was a good pick at wide receiver because they definitely need a, a third wide receiver behind both um, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Um, and then I guess um, a corner and offensive tackle they definitely need. I know Russell Wilson needs protection. So um, I feel like Seahawks, they had an okay draft. Um, three picks isn't really um, something that you want, but I think they did pretty well with their three picks. I guess they were in a similar situation to the bears. Like they don't have the most picks. So let's just make the most of what we have. And I think that's what they did Forsyth, uh, That's like one of the other steals of the entire drafts. Like Forsyth was one of the best offensive tackles in the draft. And he fell all the way down to the sixth round. So that's really impressive by the Seahawks. Yeah, and interesting. That pick was originally Seattle's. Then they traded it to Miami, who traded it to Chicago, who traded it back to Seattle. <laughs> so, yeah, that is pretty interesting. And yeah, um, I know Chicago didn't have as many earlier picks because they had to trade up to get Justin Fields. The Seahawks made a lot of trades in terms of getting um, both uh, Dunlap and Jamal Adams. So yeah, they definitely used a lot of their picks for that. But yeah, I think overall, it was a pretty exciting NFL draft this year. Yeah, I think we're going to see, I guess, a lot of really good football this season. Yeah, for sure. And just one piece of news items, news item I want to touch on um, before we wrap up, and that's uh, with Aaron Rodgers. I know there's been sort of a divide between his, um, his needs um, and the green, what the Green Bay Packers feel about their team. I know they didn't draft a, a wide receiver in the first round uh, again uh, this year. I believe they took Amari Rodgers in the third round, so... Um, yeah, it just, they really haven't been helping out their quarterback in my opinion. Um, but what do you think about this whole situation? Um, I guess it's just, there's just mostly been rumors. Like I've heard like a rumor that the, him and the GM are like, uh, they're kind of like beefing at this point. So I feel like, um, Aaron Rodgers is just uh, way too frustrated with the, with the Packers. He wants they, they could have gotten, for example, like offensive tackle to get, get him more protection. They could have gotten him a wide receiver, so he has more options to throw to. So now it just, I guess his perspective is like, I need help on offense. You're not giving me help, so 
what am I supposed to do at this point? Yeah, and I mean, just looking at like players that they could have gotten in the first round if they wanted to take a wide receiver. I mean, um, they they saw Rashad Bateman go, um, and then they definitely could have hopped on either a guy like Elijah Moore um, or or someone else, maybe a Terrence Marshall if they wanted to reach. I, I felt like I wouldn't have even penalized them for reaching um, if it was for a wide receiver because we know how much support Aaron Rodgers needs. I mean, you can't be forcing it in triple coverage to Devontae Adams every single play, you know? Like, um, yeah, you got to at some point just – um, get get him some receivers. Yeah, I mean, they could have picked up Kadarius Tony as well. Cade Johnson was available the entire draft, and they didn't pick him up. Uh, there are a lot of people that they could have picked up, and they didn't. Yeah, in my mind, Elijah Moore should have been a first-round pick. He should have gone to Green Bay. Eric Stokes could have gone in the second round like we talked about. Yeah, for sure. And there is even, I think, Nico Collins, and they didn't pick him up either. Yeah, Rondell Moore could have been a solid pick as well. Different other receivers there on the board. I mean, they did need corner, but it wasn't a priority. I felt like supporting Rodgers up front definitely should have been their number one priority. And I mean, uh, clearly, um, I mean, drafting Jordan Love last year, trading up to draft a quarterback at the first round when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team just really didn't make sense. They didn't even consult Aaron Rodgers about it. I know this year um, the Bears said that they talked to Andy Dalton before they drafted Justin Fields as their quarterback. So, I mean, you got to let the guy know what you're doing. I mean, you promise the guy that he's the starting quarterback and then you just go draft a quarterback in the first round. You got to talk to the guy about it. The Bears did the right thing there. And I feel like Green Bay, I mean, you just leave your quarterback in the dark. Of course, he's going to be upset about it. Yeah, I mean, like not telling him about it kind of, I don't know if they intended it or not, but you're giving Aaron Rodgers the the message that like your time's going to be up soon. We're going to replace you. So obviously he's not going to be too happy about that. Well, I mean, that was the message they were sending, but if they're going to send it, at least tell him that. Like they didn't even tell him. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's it's not as bad when you tell them that you want to replace them rather than not telling them you want to replace them and then trying to replace them. That's even worse. Yeah. It's like, it kind of like works both, both ways. Like if, if they, like if they mutually agree that they, they want to, Aaron Rodgers wants to leave at some point, then I mean, like just kind of accept it, try to do the, the best with what you have, like try to leave amicably, amicably at least. Yeah, for sure. But I know definitely in the offseason, we'll touch on a lot of the quarterback situations a lot more. I know the Russell Wilson situation seems to be okay now. He, sh- he seems to be on the same page with the rest of the management and coaching staff, which is good. Um, definitely Des- Deshaun Watson's situation, we'll monitor that as well. Um, I don't know whether any other quarterbacks will be on the move now that the draft is done. So I think we kind of know who the quarterbacks for each team are going to be. Um, but yeah, we'll monitor these situations sort of going forward in the off season. Yeah, for sure. All right. That's going to be the end of our uh, fanatics football episode from the fantasy fanatics podcast. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at fan fan podcast. Check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, and Google podcasts. Um, like subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And Nate, thanks again, um, for being on the podcast and we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.